Hello, this is Les Goldberg, and welcome to The Road Ahead. The Road Ahead podcast is dedicated to the future of the live events business, bringing together industry experts. Hello, production world. This is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. Today, I have three amazing guests. I have Danny Furpo, who is the co-founder of All of It Now. I have Nick Rivero, who's the co-founder of Meptic. And I have... I have Val Siganich, who is the producer and founder of Freckled Sky. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Happy Thank to you. Be here. Thank you. Hi. Guys, we are going to talk about XR, extended reality, today. And extended reality is something that's relatively new in the production world. And I'd like to kind of get you all to help us understand it. And, and really what you can do with it and the world of XR. So we're going to start with Nick. Nick, if I asked you what is XR, maybe you could give me your simple layman's de- uh, definition. Yeah, I think the way we look at it is it's the idea of combining the physical live world with the virtual world to create something new, something entirely new in the physical world. Let me simply put. Hey, hey Val, could you add to that maybe? So as we see it, is, um, uh, XR is a tool that gives um, a possibility to create live shows on the par with the Hollywood movies. When the artist or a, a live real person uh, are inside an environment and interacts with it. But environments can be like realistic or fiction. And in the both ways, this live person looks inside of them so this is how we see this it sounds like we're creating illusions things that Mm -hmm. maybe are the illusion danny could you opine on the simple definition of xr yeah i mean at this point uh it's an evolving kind of concept the shortest answer is magic at this point because in many ways it is exactly that it is that sufficiently advanced technology that is indistinguishable from magic it is changing on a daily basis and it is something that is an, a, an incredible creative tool for uh, people in our industry. So, Val, I'm going to throw this question to you first. Um, where have you found the best use of XR? Uh, I believe there are a lot of different areas, but let's start from music first. If uh, even a few months or a few, like a couple of years ago, for, for a concert, you would need to rent a big stadium, right? And build a big stage. So right now, the artist can just come into a pretty small space with uh, LED stage, XR LED stage, and artists can perform just one concert uh, on a few different virtual stadiums. Or for corporate, for example, um, it's just a new possibility uh, to level up keynote presentations on a new level when the speaker, not just on a stage and with LED wall behind him and PDF, PPT presentation uh, on it, but he is inside an environment and he can um, just operate with uh, holographic data around him. Or it can be a new level of audience engagement where audience can be integrated into environments with speakers or artists and they can um, like have live dialogues with them. So pr- product launches, fashion shows, TV productions. 
sounds like there's a lot of possibilities. So, Nick, can you tell me where you have found the best use of a, of augment of of, of, v, of XR? I'm sorry, I got my R's mixed up. Yeah, what we've seen is really in say the film, TV, commercial, and then also music video production world. The biggest pro we see is the idea of locations. Is now we can transformatively go anywhere and for say a, a tv commercial you, you might want to shoot in three four five different locations but now we're able to actually bring that into one place and we worked on a piece just a few weeks ago that was a, a tabletop production so tables with bottles and glasses on them and we're actually able to make that into so many different places all while staying in the same room. So something that might have taken a week or more even to get to these places, set up for production, shoot a scene, we literally were able to accomplish entirely in a day in one place. We don't have to pack our stuff. We don't have to get on airplanes. We don't have to move trucks. We avoid yeah. all that cost. And we just create, as, as you were saying, the magic. I think Danny said, it's just magic. We create right. this magic and we save a lot of money and the audience can't tell the difference. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We used the same quote Danny said is, you know, any good technology is indistinguishable from magic. We say the same thing all the time. And I think it's true. That's awesome. So I'm going to throw this to Danny. And Danny, when you're designing extended reality environments, maybe you could share with us the considerations you think about. And, and maybe it would be a checklist of these are the kind of things that are, are things we want to deal with and, and make sure we understand these are our criteria what would your criteria be in the xr world uh yeah i mean one of the first ones is is kind of how many uh people are on the are on the stage in the first place um and something that we found is it's easy for that person to get lost in the environment especially if there's a lot of things happening that if you have you know because the the possibility of infinite space and any and, and infinite possibilities in terms of what this environment is and can do um, it is very easy for the uh, performer or the onstage talent to get lost in that environment. And so one of the considerations is to kind of actually tone it back, make it more minimalistic, make it more simplistic sometimes so that um, you you don't overwhelm the viewer with this environment. And that's something that um, a lot of that we are creatively having to um, to do something with where normally our our content, our 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 designs fit into boxes and fit into, you know, predefined shapes on a stage and, and they stayed there. But now that there is this kind of infinite possibility for, um, for content, for motion, for interaction, um, it changes the nature of the presenter's relationship to the stage and to the content and to the, and to the screen. The, the presenters or the people on, on stage, is there an uncomfortable feeling or something to get used to, Danny, when, when, when I'm, I'm sitting on a stage? Is that, is that something they have to adjust to? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the the challenges as well with with I mean even even VR or or AR, well actually not not VR so much, but AR is eyeline. Um is that oftentimes especially for those who are new to presenting even on a green screen or any sort of virtual environment is it's easy to look off camera and to look at a monitor to see what you look like on camera. Um because even even if the environment is enveloping you, you still kind of want to see that and it's not as visceral visceral or tangible as an actual stage, right? When you're looking to the right, you know that you can put your hand and touch this thing. Um, but in an, in an XR environment, that thing is an illusion. And so when you try and reach your hand over, it doesn't actually exist. So it takes a little bit of time to get familiar with 
virtual sets, virtual environments, and that kind of changing spatial relationship that you would have compared to a physical set. Um, and then that changing relationship with performing because you kind of have to be very conscious about where you're looking. And, and that is also for the technical crew, making sure that if you are going to have a um, kind of a, 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 a confidence monitor, making sure that it's, it's where the camera is. And given that cameras often move, that, that it can, can move with them. Otherwise, their eyeline is always going to be a little bit off and it's going it's to pull some of that, um, that performance out, you know, away from their, their focus. You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking about, I'd like to do a production on top of Mount Everest. And, <laughs> and I think if we could all just get our bags and pack and climb and go up there, it would probably take a few months. We could, you know, the idea of being able to do that and not really go to Mount Everest is very appealing to me. <laughs> and Mars would be the same. We'd get on a spaceship and we'd be gone for a while. So the question to Val when, when you're designing for XR, what are the considerations? Do you have anything to add to what Danny has shared? And, and what do you think about when you're coming up with the design? I think two major things I would like to mention. Um, the first one, that because of using real-time graphics, AR and live motion tracking, nothing is defined by pre-rendered content or choreography. So it makes appearance um, at this at this point, it makes appearance of an artist or a presenter inside this XR environment easier. So if you if you know that yes, at this moment you would have this kind of effect, but if you relate just a little bit with your movement, it's 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 not it's everything's fine. Or you are not in on exact um, mark, for example. So it makes it easier. And the other thing is um, again. You don't need to have a huge stage because the uh, the technology extend extends your your environment. So it's 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 also um, very helpful. Uh, so when you when you need someone just to walk somewhere, it doesn't mean that he literally needs to walk somewhere because you you have an environment moving around this uh, person. It sounds like a lot of things are moving, and it sounds like the the perspective, and there's there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. Nick, could you just maybe explain when I say I want to build an XR stage, what are the pieces to an XR stage? Maybe the audience might want to hear what you think are the components that make up an XR stage. Yeah, well, it really breaks down into two areas, which are the the technical the actual physical pieces and then there's the creative side to it and with the technical there's really kind of two different ways you can approach xr we look at is one is use of led and led screens and that's where we've seen things such as the mandalorian happen where led is really promising and what we're using for is a lot in the television and film world because you get those global illumination you get reflections and things of that nature but on the flip side, we have tried and true green screen technology, which we've seen all the way through for many years on the nightly you know, news with weather. weather casts. Exactly. We've seen it forever, but it still has so many great uses because it's, it's very portable and it's very scalable technology. You can go into so many existing green screen studios and create really compelling virtual productions in a green space when you don't have the needs for LED. But as I said, the other half, comes down to really the creative. And as we say quite a bit internally is with XR, it's actually less of a technical problem and more of a creative one because the creative is actually what drives 
the story. It's actually what drives the narrative of what these things happen and do. So you have to really create compelling content that is what is actually XR. It's actually what's creating the experience. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I can tell you the XR stages that we have built are typically um, you know, two LED walls at a 45 degree angle with an LED floor. And we'd put in a Stipe camera or multiple Stipe cameras and, or we may have camera tracking and we may have cameras on, um, on rails. Yeah. Uh, motion tracking, so all of those are the pieces, and then uh, lots of media servers to to kind of put all the pixels in the right, right place. So this question is to Danny. Danny, what are the greatest challenges in making the best XR experience? Uh, in in our experience, it's mostly been time. Um, there have been situations where we have been, you know, we get asked to kind of create something that. Um, are, are these large-scale environments. And unlike a standard content treatment where you have a, a pixel map, you only create content within the confines of these boxes. Um, you now have to create content that is a, a world, a 360 environment. And there have been you know, cases where um, we say, oh, well, as long as the camera stays in this area, we've created an environment to match this. Um, and it's kind of like the situation where um, in a film set where you're, you, the, the, you know, set team builds only part of the house and they don't have to build the entire house because the camera doesn't move that far, but um, they just kind of run out of time um, to, to do that or they run out of budget to build the entire house. And we kind of have that similar issue of um, there's never enough time to do this thing, to do what we need to do because uh, ultimately it's, it's a tremendous stack of technology, hardware and software that all needs to kind of work in, in tandem with, it, with each other. And that all costs money than many clients have right now. Um, and so the way to kind of to, to, to pull it off at all is ultimately to sacrifice the amount of time that, that we can spend on the creative, we can spend on the, t the technical, um, and that time is always kind of the biggest enemy to, um, to pulling off a, you know, uh, an XR production. But uh, it's something that will get better over time as, um, as we can kind of uh, educate clients on what they need to know um, so that there's uh, a little bit less time spent on the discovery process and education process and more time spent in the collaboration process. Sounds like all I need is some time. <laughs> time is the enemy or time is our friend. So, so Val, I'd like you to maybe to touch on one thing. He mentioned a lot of different kinds of AR and VR and mixed realities and all these R's. Maybe you could just give us a very simple explanation of the difference between the R's and how XR is different than the other R's. So uh, I love uh, AR and XR more than others, <laughs> but I would say actually XR extended reality is just a collective term combining all of other R's, augmented reality, virtual reality, and mixed reality elements to extend the reality. That's the thing. So augmented reality is just virtual objects that you can see uh, around and around, around real people or within real environments. Virtual uh, reality, this is where the entire reality is virtual, so you don't see real people there. They're all the people are fictional or looks like fictional. And mixed reality is something when you have a real set or something real place with some additional uh, virtual or uh, AR elements. 
Sounds like each reality is a little bit connected to the other realities in this virtual world we're building. So, Nick, where are we in the XR life cycle? Like, if, if you know how things you know have a life cycle, where would you put us in that life cycle? At at the tip of the iceberg. I think we're just at the beginning, and I think we have so far ahead of us when we kind of zoom out and look at the big picture of society and history is uh, we're really just at the beginning. And I, I think, you know, in 20 years, these types of technologies are going to be commonplace like light bulbs and refrigerators. These are going to be things that are woven into every event we do in some way, shape or form, every technology. We already see this in the phones in our pockets. So, you know, even just five years from now, we're going to see things like XR more prevalent just in commonality of how we use it in a show or, or what, how we can do webcast in the future. These things are going to be so much more normalized. And right now we're just at the tip of the iceberg with w- what the technology is, what it allows us to do, how far we can push the creative. So I think we have a, a long, fun road ahead of us. My question is, how has the production industry been impacted by XR? Are people not going on location anymore? They're just changing the content and the backgrounds and, and you can take us there and, and we can all stay in the same city, no airplanes? I mean, I think that uh, in, in many ways, XR has definitely helped the, the live events industry in, in these really, really difficult times. Uh, it, it has been a, a kind of opportunity to put a lot of the extremely talented people who work in this industry back to work um, in ways that they couldn't work normally. Uh, and that, that's just tremendous power in that. Um, and that one of the really great things about the live industry is the, the kind of collaborative nature of um, their work in the first place. But also the fact that in many, many cases, um, they are the most uh, kind of apt people to tackle working in XR because they're working in, in a collaborative and most often 3D previs environment to begin with. And that understanding of 3D space is a truly crucial component to how XR works. And, and that, that understanding of 3D space is uh, really, really important. And so working with lighting designers, working with content designers, working with creative directors and, and, and video designers who understand the 3D nature of the content that they're building um, and have built in the past is, is, is extremely crucial. And, and the kind of willingness to collaborate and um, and and oftentimes even even before COVID, the kind of willingness to collaborate through remote sessions, calls, etc., are um, you know what make this industry great, and what um, how many you know many of us in that industry have ris- risen to the challenge. You know what? Uh, it sounds like to do what you three guys do is you have to understand your three D spatial worlds and uh, use the technology to produce really really cool outcomes. The magic, which I find is probably such a simple concept. You're all really magicians. You're just masked as XR engineers and creative people. So this is my last question, and I'm going to throw it to Val, and I'll, I'll throw it to all of you before we end. Um, Val, take me into the future. What does the future of XR look like over the next few years? Um, how do you see the future? And and what you know, we got a little taste of, of what Nick said, but take me into the future. Uh, first of all, I would say we also always believed in magic. Uh, so we started doing magic years ago without knowing XR at all on live stage. So we believe uh, we want to, we wanted to, and we um, we want to 
bring this magic to as many places as possible, as many areas as possible. And XR, this is the one of the tools that can help us doing this. Uh, for example, focus of our business to areas, uh, we like didn't see ourselves before the pandemic at all. So we start we, we started working on uh, next level TV shows uh, these days. I believe the as Nick said is just a very very beginning, and the future will bring us to um, the future of XR bring us to uh, so many different uh, options specific. Um, TV shows they based only on XR technologies or uh, live streaming concerts based on XR technologies. They can change movie industry as well because it can like digital industry changing the TV industry like Netflix, Amazon, right? So the same thing will happen with uh, when XR uh, comes to uh, to TV industry as well. So Danny. Tell me what the future is. Take me into the future. Yeah, I think the, the future of XR is uh, mobile and interactive. Um, at, the, at the core of XR technologies, we're dealing with uh, game, game engines or uh, virtual production engines. These are inherently interactive uh, pieces of the puzzle. And that as we can get audience interaction and, and performer interaction uh, more dialed in over time, uh, we'll see kind of more engaging and dynamic environments that actually respond to what performers are doing uh, and that also what the audience is doing. And I think that is the really exciting kind of like what Nick said as being the tip of the iceberg is that um, I think we'll see more of that over the course of XR's life cycle. So Nick, your final thought about the future. Will, will, will our worlds just be completely XR in the future? Is that just where we're going? I think to some extent we will, and I think kind of echoing what uh, some of what Danny said is is the technology now is very large, very bulky. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of energy, but just like anything, it's only a matter of time before the power of this technology is things that are completely in our hands and much more mobile, much more interactive. I think on an, another thought is that you know what this technology has taught us in this year and in this season is what types of new permutations are possible in the digital space. I think before this year, when we thought of something such as a webcast, that was, I think, in all of our minds, just like a Zoom screen as we all just looked at a computer and talked. But now we know that there's such a, a larger world of possibilities out there that I think that's going to reshape the face of, of every digital event moving forward. So when we go back to doing real events five years from now, the virtual component, the baseline of what that virtual component is, is going to be so much higher, I think, moving forward because uh, really XR has set that expectation for these new possibilities. You know, I think all three of you guys are simply amazing in your own way and how you approach XR. And as anyone listens to this uh, podcast to hear your perspectives uh, the futuristic nature of what's coming and how we prepare for it. And I think all of you have that uh, that tricked out amazing, uh, you're on a journey and we're all going to have to jump on that journey or be lost as we, walk, we move into the future. 
So I want to thank Nick, Val, and Danny for joining me today. Uh, I hope all of you, I get to work on some type of XR cool project in some capacity. And if you're doing something on Mars or on top of Everest, I'm coming. I just want to stand on the stage. We can make a short video and then I can tell everybody I was there. Guys, thank you again. And this is Les Goldberg and The Road Ahead. <laughs>